Hey there, welcome to the Mile High Church Podcast. Be with us on Thanksgiving. This year's Thanksgiving service will premiere Thanksgiving morning at 10 a.m. Take a sacred break alone or with loved ones to give thanks and celebrate life's many blessings. Learn more at milehighchurch.org. Uh, wonderful to see everyone tonight. We are not Reverend Masando. No, uh, Reverend Masando, they've got a little stomach bug going through their house. He's just fine, but we live in a day and time where if you get symptoms, you don't go to work. That's and he right. said uh, to me, you know, it's going to take at least two ministers to meet the caliber <laughs> of message that I was going to give. So we're He's stepping up right. today. Yeah. And uh, what was his talk title? Do you know? Uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Bridge Over That's Troubled right. mm-hmm. Water, mm-hmm. Uh, which I didn't ask him what it was about. So it's either about rising above challenging times yeah. or about his love for the musical duo of Simon and Garfunkel. I bet it's the second one. Uh, it might be, so we better hit both. So do you, do you have a favorite Simon and Garfunkel song? Yes, I like uh, The Sound of Silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Oh, that's yes. good. I like saying that and then... Yeah, but have you heard that really, really raucous one that, that's out now? Really no. like, oh, it's, it's good. We'll check that out. My Nathan can tell me who the artist is. I can't remember. Disturbed. Disturbed. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, thank Nathan. You very much. <laughs> and um, my son loves uh, Hazy Shade of Winter. Oh. That's a big yeah. saying. And, and shout out, pop quiz directly to Wick Hampton, but anyone can answer this. Which 80s all girl group covered that song oh. for a big hit in the late 1980s? Wick will know. Uncle Wick, Wick will know. Will know. Uh-huh. Uh, and my, my favorite is a song called I Am a Rock. Oh yeah, that's a I'm an a good island. One. I touch no yeah. one, and no one touches me. It's good as kind of a. You know, I wasn't a goth kid, but I'd get a little sad, and that was a good <laughs> song. So that's our Simon and Garfunkel yeah. uh, bit. Um, but I do love this idea of rising above challenging times. Uh, we are in a challenging time yes, in our our country. A lot of us, be it in work, economic uncertainty, whatever's going on in life, are facing challenges. And so it's so important to identify that bridge that helps get us over troubled. Water. So I thought I'd ask you to start tonight, uh, Michelle, uh, what was the time of troubled water in your life and what was the bridge that helped you to overcome it? Well, one of the first things that pops in my mind is that uh, when you ask that question is that a lot of people think that uh, just because we are uh, in signs of mind that we don't ever have any troubled waters, that we don't have to traverse those things, but we do. All of us do. I've certainly had my fair share of troubled waters. Um, so sometimes I call myself a whole perfect and complete mess. That's right. Yes. Yes. Whole complete and perfectly <laughs> messed up. Yes, absolutely. So the time that comes to mind right now, um, interestingly enough, was in Phoenix when I lived there. It was in two, 2013 and I was about to turn 50 years old. And I decided that I wanted to do something I'd never done before. And I'd been uh, working out with a trainer. And she told me about this uh, run. Now, I know you're a runner. I, I, don't, I don't run anymore. More like a brisk waddle. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I ended up doing. And you'll find out why in a minute. Because uh, I, she was going to do this, um, this, this 5K race. And it was a nighttime race. It, it had all the glowy stuff on it. You could, you could, you know, uh, put stuff on and you're supposed to run in the dark. It was a glow in the dark or something run. So I trained for it with my trainer, trained on my own, trained for months and months just to do this little 5K. 5K is what, 3.5 miles? It's not a big deal. You probably run that every day, right? It's a big deal when you haven't done it before. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I, I, I really worked on it and uh, trained very hard. And when I was a kid, I'd been an ice skater. So I was used to training and used to 
pushing myself physically, and I was doing pretty good. And I used to I used to joke about how I would be on the ice. I was a figure skater. I would be on the ice, and I could do a, a spin and a twirl and a jump, and then I would get off the ice, and I would twist my ankle and fall walking home because my ankles just seemed like they, they would get weak from that. So I worked really hard, strengthening my ankles, strengthening my legs, always keeping, keeping my, my, myself in, you know, strength is what was important. So while I was learning to run, I was paying attention to all this. But that night, after all these many months of training, uh, they had us in different groups of about 1,000 people per group because this was a big hit. So I went in the second group, and I also went with my trainer and another friend. And uh, who had also been training with her. And so we go to start running and they blow the horn and we take off with our group of thousand people. And we're running and we're having a good time and we're just, we're just enjoying the night. And it was, it was really dark. They had no lights on the field at all. And you couldn't really see the surface you were running on. And guess what? I stepped on the edge of the pavement Mm -hmm. and twisted my ankle and fell flat on my face. And realized that there are a thousand people behind me and I better get up quickly. So I got up as quickly as I could and I had, uh, bur- I had completely, you know, cut my arm open and my knee was all messed up and my ankle was clearly oh, twisted. I want to give you a hug, but yeah, I'm not allowed. I know, I know. And, and you know the feeling that came up in me right away? I was mad. <laughs> I was furious because... As I stood off to the side, and my friends kept running for a little bit because they weren't quite sure, but I stood off to the side of the crowd to kind of get, catch my breath. Um, there's this voice inside of me that I call, I now call Sabby, the saboteur. And Sabby was like, now you don't have to run the race. Now you've really hurt yourself. You could give up. You could just go sit off to the side and you don't have to complete this. But this other part of me that uh, when I set a goal in my mind, I often get very vigorous about it. And so I stood there for a long time and um, I was really troubled by this. I mean, it sounds like a little incident really in the scheme of my whole life. I've certainly had a lot of other troubles, but I really was caught in that moment that I think a lot of us get caught up in when the troubled water starts flowing through our life. Do I just give in or do I, do I persevere? And I could feel that choice living in me. And I knew also from experience that I'm not saying, I'm not a medical doctor and I'm not saying this is the right decision, but in my experience, after numerous ankle twists, uh, a hiking and walking and stuff, that I was better off if I just kept moving. If I sat down and gave up, my ankle would blow up. And so I decided I'm going to go for it. What a good point too. When we're suffering or challenged, yes. don't sit still, don't sit keep still. moving. Keep moving, Absolutely. Absolutely. Troubled waters. Keep moving. Stick with your perseverance. Allow yourself to move forward. So my friends finally figured out that I'd fallen, and they came back to me. And um, so I, I knew that the perseverance would help me. I knew that I had to listen to my own inner guidance. And then the other thing that happened is that these friends, I said, go ahead, keep running. I'll just, I'll just walk. And to this day, it touches my heart they stuck with me. Mm. They stayed with me. They could have run. There weren't any big prizes in this race or anything. And there were certainly young people who were going to get better times than us, but they stayed with me and they walked with me and we walked briskly and we found a medic. And when the medic saw my arm, I was bleeding all over the place. He was like, oh, I don't know what to do. And so I didn't get any medical attention, but I just kept moving and we kept talking. And so there's another part of that. So it's perseverance. The troubled waters will come. As you say, don't stop. Keep moving. 
But the, the, the thing that night that really stood out to me is the value of people, the value of our community, the value of people who can cheer us on, who can help us keep moving when we don't think we can keep moving. And they got me through that race. And because we walked so quickly, we actually made pretty good time, uh, just a little lower than I had if I'd probably ran the whole way. And, um, and it was, I remember crossing that finish line. And that's the other thing is that the troubled waters, that bridge for me of just keep moving, just keep swimming as Nemo, you know, uh, uh, as Dory would say in Finding Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep going, just keep going. You can do it. Talking to myself, cheering myself on while my friends are cheering me on. The feeling of accomplishment when I got over that finish line. The feeling of pride. I was battered and bruised and, you know, didn't feel very great, but I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. And I think that's part of the, the value of those troubled times because even the, the, the water under the bridge can be somewhat beautiful even though it's troubled and it's rough and it's challenging. And when I look back now, that was one of the most beautiful moments of my life and a moment of great pride just to say, I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep going. How about you, Josh? Yeah. And you haven't stopped. I haven't stopped. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, and there's... Yeah, I think it was Fred Rogers who said that the, the biggest illusion we all live under and we have to let go is this, this image that we're a perfect person. Exactly. But the other, I think, belief is this idea that we're alone yeah. and we have to do yeah. things alone. And what yeah. a powerful part of that story mm-hmm. um, you know, to learn in that, that you weren't alone and that you have a support system around you. Sometimes we see them, sometimes we don't, right. but they're always there. But when we're willing to have a miracle take place in doing whatever we're doing, mm-hmm. it, the miracles have a funny way of happening all, all around us, don't they? Yes, and you're reminding me that I wanted to share tonight with this because what came into my mind was that quote from Ernest Holmes, the founder of our teaching, who says, uh, to abandon the truth in your hour of need is to demonstrate that you never knew the truth to begin with. And so I knew the truth in me was that I was supposed to do that race. And I didn't, and so I knew I couldn't abandon it and I had to keep going. Yeah, and, you know, and part of recognizing that we're imperfect people sometimes mm-hmm. is uh, realizing that we can sometimes demonstrate in spite of ourselves. Exactly. You know, no matter what is going on, and that, that's part of the magic of co-creating our life adventure with mm-hmm. spirit, how that yes. works. Yes. Have, I'm, have you had a time... Where you had to cross the bridge over troubled water, Josh? No, no not for me. No, no. no. Okay. And, uh, Let's just end the talk then. How about that? <laughs> neither, neither of us wanted to go too dark tonight. But no, I, no, I thought huh? I would uh, share about the troubled water for me of, of finding success early in my ministry and, and the ultimate bridge that helped me do that of, of learning to trust. And, you know, I went into ministerial school when I was, I was 22. And I, I was young, but I had been a practitioner of movement for four years. So I was kind of on the fence for a long time. And... Uh, uh, we knew each other back then, yes. uh, and and I always ran a team program, so I'd never really been to a church service, so I didn't even know what a minister really did. Um, and uh, so I went to school, but I knew I wanted to serve and help people, uh, but I knew I didn't want to do regular church. And so I graduated when I was 25 in 2006, and I decided I wanted to start kind of an anti-church. Uh, and, and yet there was the spiritual belief in me that went something like, if you know what you want and you dedicate your whole heart and soul to that image of how you want it to be, the universe will conspire and make it happen just exactly like you think it will. Mm. And uh, it's a powerful idea, but I was a little off in my experience. (laughs) So uh, I started a church called The Meaning Place. Uh, It's still kind of out there. You can go to themeaningplace.org, and it's still one of my email addresses. I've never fully let it go. And we rented the Improv Comedy Club 
in Irvine, California at a giant mall, mm-hmm. the Irvine Spectrum. So yes. very not churchy. Right. Um, and, and the rent was high mm-hmm. uh, and the church was kind of going to be targeted towards uh, younger people and agnostics, which is a, a great idea. Not necessarily so great for your offering plate, but a great <laughs> idea. Uh, and we started off really good. We had 75 people our first service. And we never quite had that many uh, again, but for th- about three months, um, it was really great, the people that were showing up. But before I you know, started that, because I wanted to kind of force the universe, I totally quit my paying job, oh. didn't have a paying job, and just put everything into this thing. And so a few months in, the bill was pretty high at the improv, so I had to let that go. And so we moved to kind of a community center, and uh, less of the people came over, and less new people started coming. Mm-hmm. And we still had a good core, but I was going broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was a painful experience. I had to stop it. It was so hard because I had to stop something, not because it wasn't working, but because I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us ministers come to this realization sometimes, how can I tell other people to thrive if I myself am not sure. thriving? And here I was suffering, and I, I had to, to stop the church. I had to tell everyone we can't do this anymore. I always remember taking a, a board member out for a beer after and toasting him and saying, hey, thanks, I couldn't have failed without you. <laughs> and uh, it really was, I think, the hardest time of my, my life, because not only did this thing kind of fail, um, but I was having a crisis in faith. Mm-hmm. You know, how come the universe didn't support me right. the way that I told it what to? What happened? What happened? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really blessed. Uh, my mentor minister was Ron Fox, you know, Ron mm-hmm. Fox, yes. and he was um, the chair of the Asilomar Committee. And so he got me on the committee. I got to speak there. I got to meet people and eventually made a connection where I got to uh, be an assistant minister in San Diego, California, and, you know, was going there, but it was so not my vision. It was a wonderful place to be, very healing, you know, able to pay off some debt, mm-hmm. get a little bit healthier. And I'll always remember sitting down one day and saying, uh, I didn't say it this way, but I think I said, forget it. The vision, <laughs> I'm letting it go. I'm tearing the vision board from wow. the wall. Yeah. I'm taking the goals and I'm taking them down because I realized something, Michelle. What I realized is that it that my dream was really about serving mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. My dream was about being a good minister. Mm-hmm. And some of these visions and ideas were really a result of not trusting the universe sure. to help me find my way. And so I made a commitment that day, you know, I'm, my only goal is to do a good job. Mm-hmm. My only goal is to be the best me. And I always remember that day I was reading some Victor Frankel, wow. rereading Man's Search for Meaning, because uh, why not, when you're suffering, read, someone, <laughs> read about someone who suffered more than you did. Yeah. Uh, and, and I ran across this, this quote that was really strong and guiding for me. And he says, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. Mm. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. That's a different story. (laughs) Happiness must happen. And the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. I want you to listen to what your conscience commands you to do and go on to carry it out to the best of your knowledge. Then you will live to see that in the long run, in the long run, I say, 
success will follow you precisely because you had forgotten to think about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, the moral of the story for me is not to not know what you want and not to not have goals, right. but do not be so attached to the outcome attached. and so forceful of how the universe is, is supposed to do it for you that you forget that your real creativity isn't always in your vision, but in your virtues and mm-hmm. how you apply them. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, I think it was just three months later that I got a call to go to Seal Beach mm-hmm. Church. Wow. I signed a contract and said, Josh, don't think about anything for five years. Realized later that five years to the date, a guy named Roger Teal called me on the phone. <laughs> Took about two years of kicking and screaming, but uh, you know, here I am, uh, you know, later. And you know, success has been a byproduct, hopefully, of of being the best me. And that'd be my message for everyone watching: mm-hmm. is is want everything that you want, but realize the most creative element that you have in your spiritual toolbox is being the highest and best you, no matter what the circumstances you are in. And spirit will have a way of unfolding things for you to the degree now that what did show up for me is greater than I could have even imagined. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all you had to do was give up your attachments, right? And learn to trust. And learn to trust. Because yeah. sometimes those attachments to how things work out, again, are a sign of, of a lack of trust. So mm-hmm. being willing to trust that my life is being co-created with that divine spirit can produce great uh, demonstrations. And it, it worked with me with marriage, mm-hmm. with getting to inherit a beautiful son, mm-hmm. with moving to Colorado, having a beautiful baby girl, getting to work with incredible people all around me. Mm-hmm. So, so, so far, so good. Yeah, I think sometimes this is a beautiful story you're sharing with us because sometimes people don't realize that underneath their wanting and their their reaching for a better life, there is that level of attachment, which is a lack of faith, really, because you had to really surrender and allow. It, yes, it's, you know, when it comes to your visions, are they spirit-inspired right. or are they fear-inspired? When it mm-hmm. comes to my intentions, oh, I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to uh, build more meaningful relationships. Money. Do I, wanted, I want more money? Am mm-hmm. I doing it from the place of my wholeness and wanting to express myself or thinking I'm not enough and needing something to fill me? Mm-hmm. Because that's a creative element right there, too. And, and it means we're creating our lives from troubled waters from the start. Right. And so to get to that bridge is to get into that place of, can I trust right here and right now that I'm enough? Mm-hmm. Can I trust right here and right now that I have something valuable, valuable and meaningful to give to my life today, even if it seems like it's a complete mess and not what I want? Mm-hmm. But to trust that is, I think, to really walk hand in hand with that, that great capital S silent partner sure. in our life. And even when you're in the troubled waters, I, you know, I didn't get to give a message I wanted to give in September because of the the conditions of my life, but one of the most profound moments of, the, of this last year was being in a, a floating uh, device going down the Yampa River for me. And the water was pretty still at certain points and pretty wild at other points, and I would hit rocks. And I noticed that the harder I w- worked to avoid the rocks or to push away from the rocks, the more tired I was, whereas being in that troubled water, just allowing the water to carry me mm-hmm. and trusting the water and trusting the current and trusting the current of life was a beautiful experience where I would hit the rock and bounce off and go around it yeah. without much effort. It reminds me of illusions, right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So there's the, the people that are hanging onto the rocks and yes. that's their myth is you can't let go or you'll be crushed. And there's the one who lets go. And it's mm-hmm. the lesson, you know, that yes. going with the flow isn't say, hey, flow, come this way. <laughs> it's, it's really trusting and, and growing that way. 
And we're in troubled waters, many of us mm -hmm. right now. And so these lessons that we're talking about, being able to, to let go and trust your inner voice, being able to be persistent, being able to, to uh, be unattached, yet com committed, yet unattached, I think, you know, that co mm -hmm. beautiful combination that you're talking about. These things can help us. And being in community, that's what I love about being here being in community. Because I will say that my most troubled times in my life, if I were to stand here and recount every single one of them, that a huge part of what helped me get beyond them, that bridge was people like you and other people mm -hmm. who could stand there with me and love me and support me and give me advice when I needed it. Yeah, we were talking, this will be my, my last point, but during Jennifer's song, we were talking on Facebook and she was talking about honesty and I shared a quote that I've always admired, that, that the truth will set you free, that or will get you punched in the nose. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's both, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes we, being honest with ourselves feels like a gut punch wherever yes. we are. But if we, we move towards it, it's amazing the incredible support support, partners, uh, and situations that come to help us realize uh, the possibilities of our dream even beyond our greatest imaginations. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, how about some prayer? Let's do it. Okay. So I invite us just to take a moment to just breathe into this moment. I'm really into the, the breath this evening, that flow of the breath and breathing in life and breathing out and invite each one of us just to Stay right where we are, be right where we are, awaken right where we are, and just be present. Recognizing that there is a presence that is manifested in, through, and as this entire universe and everything contained within it and is expressing itself in every part of it, in the bridge, in the river, whether the river is smooth or the river is rough, in every condition and situation, in every choice, in every activity, in every relationship, in every body, in every condition, this presence is the inherent energy, the inherent love and light and wholeness and peace and abundance that reigns at the core and at the center. And in this prayerful moment, we recall and remember this truth of life itself and therefore recognize that this truth that I'm speaking of right now, this presence is our very presence. That in this moment, no matter what is going on in our life, whether we're having moments of great joy and in the flow or we are finding the resistance of life coming at us or feeling discouraged by the conditions or circumstances we're facing, right here and right now, we are that which God is. It is in us, through us, and as us, as it is the conditions or situations that we might be thinking of that cause us to pay attention, to feel that resistance, to feel the flow. Whatever it is, God is right here in it, through it, as it. And what I recognize is that this power and this presence is greater than any of the challenges we face individually and collectively. This power and this presence is the solution, the surrender into it, the wisdom we gain from it, the guidance we feel called into, the opportunity that we have right here and right now to be together in this service, hearing this music, hearing this message, hearing this prayer, and feeling that inspiration within us that guides us forward. For it is none of this that is the, the truth that sets us free. It's what we say to ourselves in the presence of this truth that truly sets us free. And so right here and right now, I declare that anyone within the sound of my voice is experiencing that freedom, that it's rising forth within them, allowing them to find the bridges that carry them over any troubled water that they may be facing. That bridge is built of the divine essence. That bridge is built of love. 
and abundance and creativity. That bridge is built of willingness. That bridge is built with our yes and our intention. And I stand as witness to that bridge in each of our lives, carrying us forward, carrying us across the rough waters, allowing us to float, if we're in the midst of those waters, to float with ease and grace and trust and faith. I am so grateful that this is the truth of who and what we are right now, the truth of our lives, the truth of our conditions and experience. So grateful to sense this and to feel this and to accept this on our behalf. And in that very beautiful place of divine gratitude, then I can release this word and release it with absolute faith and trust that as it has been spoken, it is done. I let it go, I let it be. And with one more breath in and one more breath out, we simply say, and so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.